Welcome to the Edge Headlights Podcast. Marty's like looking at me like I'm nuts. So, how are we? I'm Rob, and sitting across from me is my ever faithful co host staring at an empty glass. Marty, cool. how are you doing, Marty? I'm actually uh, pretty good, man. I'm, I'm actually kind of happy we didn't really any record last week because that whole week was just fucking off for me. Um,. I know we didn't really even discuss this. I know we were going to talk about. Yeah, it I was going to. I have the, everybody. Um, I have a pounding question. Everybody wants to know: Were you raped by a ghost? No, uh, oh, I don't man. know if we even mentioned it on on that show. That, that no, we didn't. Even we that did. was going on. Uh, no, uh, the the weekend before Fourth uh, of July weekend, uh, my wife and I went to Chicago uh, for the Forbidden Door pay per view uh, event. Now you better because you better explain what Forbidden Door is because I heard Forbidden Door and the first thing it goes yeah, right, my right, mind goes right. straight to the gutter. Right now it's a, a massive uh, cross promotion uh, wrestling event with AEW and New Japan Pro, and it was really cool. It was like five hours, six hours. Long. Holy yeah, crap! It was ridiculous. But uh, uh, she had gotten tickets for this quite a while ago, and then got in a hotel room, and I didn't think anything of it. Until we were getting closer to the show, I'm like, well, I want to see exactly where the fuck we're at. Is there anything around us? Is there restaurants? Is there anything where she put us? So we're like three and a half miles from the United Center, which is where the event was. So I start looking into it, and I'm like, yeah, Congress Hotel, this sounds familiar. And like, the, the second question underneath, like the hotel when you Google it, is... Oh, is, is room such and such really super haunted? I'm like, wait a minute, what? And, and I start looking in, and I was like, oh, shit, I do know this hotel. It is it is reportedly the single most haunted spot in all of Illinois. Um, so I was like, uh, did you realize you booked us into a haunted hotel? And she's like, what? Like, no, I will take that as a no. But, yeah, no, uh, we ended up going out there. Like, we went out Friday, came back Monday morning. Hotel, I, I cannot stress how cool this hotel is, and I, I highly recommend it. It's for where it's at; it's reasonably cheap. You're like six blocks from uh, like the famous Chicago Bee. Well, we know sculpture. why it's cheap; it's haunted. Yeah, right, come on. No, uh, uh, it, it, it's cool. Like you're literally right across from a park. The aquarium's like five blocks away. It's a really cool location. Honestly, the first time I've been in Chicago, and I've actually enjoyed being in Chicago. And that's saying a lot, because I wow. normally don't have much good to say about Chicago. But it was actually really fun. But uh, the hotel, I recommend it highly to stay there. Unless you're looking for something that is, like, ultra, super modern. Because this is definitely not that. This thing was built back in the 20s. Does it have the creepy bellhop guy? They do have have guys that are around there that are porters and all that stuff. Yeah, with a little hat, them. a little fez hat? No, they don't make oh. them wear the hats. They do kind of have the outfit. But, like, everything in this is still, as much as they could, they have kept it what it was. A lot of the molding in the hallways, all older molding. The rooms themselves definitely still have the older molding to them. Now, granted, they've got, you know, modern lights and all that in it. But it's definitely an old-feeling hotel. The lobby is incredible, just the stuff all over columns. They got like three massive ballrooms that are old school, like gold covered. <laughs> it's that cool bothers me. It is really cool. The, There's the a, every bar, time I think of ballroom, I think of the shiny. Right, right. I'm like, that's not a good thing. But no, we went down to the bar like that first Friday night, and it has like the old school, full copper top all around the bar. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and I was talking with the bartender, really cool guy. 
And he, he was like, yeah, no, this is all original. Even that big painting, they have this painting of these ladies in, in a field or whatever on the wall. He goes, that was original from way back. So the odds are Al Capone was sitting in this bar multiple times right where you are looking at that same painting because he lived there actually for quite yeah. a while. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh, everything in it is as original as they can be. Uh, I did leave cards everywhere. And Good I man. I wrote up a bunch of them on the Good back. Man. Did anybody see anybody pick them up? Or did I, the cleaning lady just come and get them So trash. yeah, it's like I don't know. I gave one to the bartender. I was like, hey man, you got any crazy stories? Send us an email to I actually wrote on a lot of these cards I left there, hey, any stories you've had of experience here? You're a much better right. promoter of this podcast. Uh, I'm not, because I'm lazy. But yeah, like, <laughs> like uh, apparently the 4th and 12th floor are the most haunted, and the lounge bar area, too. Uh, I never had any experiences. Thank um, you remember. I did, well, I did go up to the 4th floor. I highly recommend, unless you really like walking, use the elevators. Um, I did take the stairs, and once you get up past the first floor, they are very creepy, and they just feel like they take forever to get up to the next floor. But I ended up just walking up to fourth floor, which is supposed to be really haunted. And I will say that Bad Boy does have a very different feel as soon as you come into that hall. I bet. Something like that. Even even the hallways are like half the size of all the upper floors. So it automatically, I'm looking at it, you know, realistically, like... Okay, this can already give you that feeling of being closed in, watched. But yeah, it, it was a much different animal. Because we were ended up on the 10th floor. Much different animal than all the other floors I was on. Uh, it was it was, it was was different. I mean, it, it had a feel to it, that 4th floor. But I highly recommend, if you're ever going to be in downtown Chicago staying at any point, definitely check into the Congress. It's cool. They've got a barber shop. they got... All this shit just right in the building is really cool. You're just blocks away from. Now I got a question everything. about the barbershop. Barbershops kind of creep me out because I always picture that old guy with the straight razor going oh, right, right, and right. just goes nuts and slits your throat. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Gives yeah. you a Colombian necktie. Yep, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like. Nah, that. it's it, it was really cool. I, I will say we, we had a really fun time up there. Um, went to a cool steakhouse like four blocks down from us. Uh, right around the corner from that was a comic shop, which was really cool. It was like. One of the higher rated ones in Chicago. They got a few locations. Uh, Grimes Crackers Comics is what it's called. Actually ended up getting a uh, Diamond Select uh, Kitty Pride statue for early birthday present. Yeah. Because I would not pay $150 for a statue, but my wife will. Because it's, like, <laughs> it's a statue. I'm not paying $150. Bucks now, is it a full life statue? Anatomically correct? No, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it, it's a badass statue. It's really <coughs> cool. Excuse me. Like I said, I never would have bought it myself because it's like, I can't justify that kind of money just for a statue. But it's cool. It's like 12 inch tall. The thing's fucking huge. See, I, I think the problem with you going to Chicago is you brought all this nasty weather back with you. Right. You brought the bad mojo back with you, man. It was it was nice. Saturday it rained and we had a little bit of thunder through like morning and afternoon. But otherwise, it was nice in like 70s all freaking weekend. Up there. Well, it, it is. It is. Nice. Yeah. This, well, it is after, right after the 4th. It's like. Whatever it is. it's like a couple days yeah. after the fourth. Hopefully everybody still has their fingers left from the fourth of July. Oh my god, yeah. While you were gone, I ended up cooking a lot. Yeah, I, I saw a few pictures. I was just <laughs> like, oh picture. man, look at all that. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's a lot of work to go out somewhere. Yeah, yeah we didn't do shit all weekend. We were no, but if anybody is listening to the news today, this is like we're only day behind, if that. But yeah, all the freaking summer Jericho's we had. What are Doricos? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that green sky? That yeah. picture? Actually, folks, if you go on the internet, look up Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Jericho Storm. That green sky actually is legit. Yeah. That is not Photoshopped. They actually had the news station was talking about it, and they were lying about what caused it. They said the refraction from the lights. But you know what it was? What? What, what also turned on July 5th? What was turned oh, yeah. on at the same time? Yeah, exactly. It was uh, CERN. Yeah. The, the, CERN uh, did it, and it was a giant portal above Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah. They, they, uh, and, they, yeah. and it just used a storm. They, they fired up the old uh, Hadron uh, Collider again on uh, the 5th, the day after the 4th. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that kind of interesting. Kind of coincidental there. I, I didn't well, like with the storm that. and that, they had winds clocked up to like almost a hundred yeah. miles an hour, straight line winds. Right. And the largest piece of hail fell like by I got Nebraska. Oh, yeah. It was as big as a softball. Yeah. And I seen one from like Promise, South Dakota. It was flat like a pancake, but it was palm size and Oof. probably about an inch and a half thick. Holy shit! I'm like, that's no fun. I don't want to get hit with that. I was glad none of that shit really got up here. We had. Thunder off and on all yeah. weekend. It was miserable <clears throat> at my house. I will say that between thunder and fireworks, it was like four days straight of my dog being a bitch. Yeah, uh, just my barking was... and yelling. And uh, ours, sore. ours would not leave us alone. We started trying to walk around the house, and it's like right underneath the feet. I'm like, uh, yeah. it, I think the fireworks I have no problem with it and that, but like the dogs, I don't know what it is. It's like you're trying to trip me and kill me. Then you, it's right. not gonna get any better. Now you're all alone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Did no, you see, oh, I got some really interesting news articles here. You may not have heard about these oh, on your no. vacation with yeah, your I ghost just, buddies. I just tuned everything out pretty much the last two weeks. Did you hear about the rocket that crashed into the moon? Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm going to read this article. A mysterious rocket body crashed into the moon and left a double crater, which is an even bigger mystery to science. This means that it wasn't your average rocket, NASA, not rocket. NASA reported on June 24th news release. So far, none of Earth's space exploring nations have taken credit or blame for the crash. NASA says astronomers spotted the rocket on a collision course with the moon last year, and we're waiting to see what happened. It hit March 4th and apparently put on quite a show. Well, this happened way back in March, yeah. and we're just learning about it? Yeah, they just uh, reported. That's bullshit. Like I said, they were, they were, what I read, they were noticing this thing uh, earlier in the year. That's bullshit. And they released <laughs> it, and things like they were trying to figure out what the hell's going on here. Yeah, the crater is actually two craters. An eastern crater measuring 18 meters in diameter, about 19 and a half yards, superimposed on the western crater, a 16 inch diameter, 16 meter diameter. The de- double crater was unexpected. No other rocket bodies on the moon created double craters. My question is, who's attacking the moon? They did it after our moon episode. They know right. they're doing it. Everybody watched the moon fall, and they're like, we need, oh. we need to be preemptive. Yeah, that's right. Send they, it out. They didn't do a very good job. Yeah, no, uh, the, the thing with that, uh, like like I was reading on it, they said most rockets are only going to leave one crater, because what it is, is is the heaviest part of the rocket, which is your engine end, yep. is what hits, and that leaves the crater. So they're saying, with this, how it went, it seems like there are two heavy ends, like the front and the back were both very heavy. No rockets that we at least acknowledge are designed like that. Nobody nobody else has taken credit, said, like, oh, yeah, that's ours. We, we, we Watch it be that. some MacGyver guy in the backyard <laughs> set a rocket up there. Oh, my God. I got some spare tungsten parts. Let's build this. Put a washing machine on it, a dryer. All right, Myrtle, hand it up. We floated up partway with balloons. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I did see that. I was like, that, oh, what that the That actually scares this? me a lot because they didn't notice someone launching. They'd notice I, if somebody in, like, North Korea farts. Right. 
And it's one of those where, where they've said they're not even sure how long this thing was. Is it something that had been junk for quite a while and was floating around and finally lost orbit and fell into the moon? They it don't wouldn't know. lose orbit because there's nothing really orbiting the moon. They, be, yeah, it they had don't to be, understand where it came from. Because, okay, if you think about it, we got all this space junk in. Right. It looks at something there. You can see the giant map. It looks like we got the world. Earth has got measles from all the space uh, junk. Yeah. It doesn't go toward the moon. No. Because that's not a heavy enough gravity well yeah. to pull it there. Yeah, it does have gravity, but it's not enough to outpull the Earth. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, nobody is really sure where this thing came from. I'm so glad we trust there. scientists. <laughs> Like, uh, uh, what? What do you mean we don't know? Because that gives me more faith about the Nestor article I'm bringing up. The asteroid 2022 NF was discovered by the Pan-STARRS Astronomical Survey on, drumroll please, July 4th. Scientists quickly made calculations to predict which way the asteroid headed and found out it was traveling almost directly toward Earth. Oh, good, good, good. On July 7th at about 10 a.m. Eastern, as it should have already happened, 2022 NF is good to travel within just under 55,000 miles of Earth. Whoa. This is a hairbreadth in, in, hair in astronomical terms and is a fraction of the distance between the Earth and the Moon, which is 239,000 miles. But the article gets better. I saw this this morning. Damn. An hour later, like, oh, there's a second one coming. Oh. oh. <laughs> like, well, good, what? Good, good. What? Good. And the second one coming, but that's going to travel within 85,000 miles of Earth. I'm like, that's two that they missed completely. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what? And they're, they're about basically, the, the first article said they're about the size of a house. I'm like, okay, that's big enough to cause some major damage. But then they oh, yeah. down, downgraded, oh, it's about the size of a Greyhound bus. That's not much better. Right. Now, because what's that um, crater in um, Arizona? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that crater down yeah, there. Yeah. What hit that, What folks, what made that crater is something the size of, of a VW bug. I was going to say, it was about the size of a vulture. And it's, I've been to that crater, and it's yeah, just, it's, it's ridiculous. Because yeah, if you look up on the rim, there's like big chunks of granite. Yeah. Oh, my God, they made that big, and the guy's doing me too. He's like, see that chunk up there, that square one? He says, that's as big as a house, a two-story Ooh. house. Oh, shit. So, yeah, these were only traveling at 25,000 miles per hour. So. Right, and, and even if you consider some of it is going to burn off in the atmosphere, it's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. Holy crap. Yeah, but they just know some like, well, the traveling, the second one's going to pass, where's my notes? There it is. The second one will pass at, oh, Wednesday, oh, Thursday at 3 p.m. UK time tomorrow. Oh, okay. So about now. Yeah, uh, man. So... So, if we're still broadcasting when you hear this, that means we didn't get it by meteor. Right, just barely. It's fine. Yeah, really, astronomically, even 85,000. 55,000. Very. Well, the, the second one. Yeah. It's supposed to be 85. That is extremely close, man. That is fucking ridiculously close. It's yeah. scary, goddamn close. It's like something from, like, Star Trek Troopers. It, that's exactly what I was <laughs> saying, man. They're. they're Launching asteroids at us as weapons. Goddamn crap, death humans. The little insects are going to kill us eventually. Uh, now let's bring it back down to Earth and all the crazy stuff going on here. And the folks, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. I'm not going to go into specifics, but man, if you see somebody that needs a hug, give them a fucking hug, dude. Right. There's some serious bad mojo out in the world. We need to get rid of that shit. Well, see, I, I like, like I mentioned the other day when, when we were talking about uh, the CERN. I said, maybe they're kicking it back on to pull us back into our original uh, Well, I don't know. Uh, me, and, me and 
me and the boy watched the Smurfs and Snarks this weekend. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you know, you know the Smurfs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The little blue guys with the white hat, the Smurfs, yeah. and the Snarks. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we watched yeah, this weekend. Yeah. It's good times. Oh, yeah. They're good. They're good. So, getting back down to the crazy stuff, people need to give each other a hug because people are blowing up stuff at random. I'm wondering, did you hear about the Georgia Guidestones? I have not watched it. A friend of mine sent me a set of a YouTube and said, dude, you need to watch this. Yeah. I just, like, I'm in the I just got the shit. article here. I'm going to read it. Uh, cool. The cool. Georgia Guidestones, a granite attraction in Elbert County, are located off the Guidestone Road just east of Georgia Highway 77. Executive Vice President Chris Kuba said, said drone footage shows the monument was sophisticated damaged. Basically, somebody bombed the Georgia Guidestones at 4 a.m. yesterday morning. And the authorities are unclear if the authorities have they have not identified a suspect yet. The origin of the monuments is ambiguous. They are allegedly commissioned by a person under the name of R.C. Christian, established in 1980, and have become a roadside attraction for travelers, sometimes referred to as American Stonehenge. Yeah. Why would somebody want to bomb that? Literally. Interesting. Like, the world isn't crazy enough. Don't be bombing right. something that's going to release some demon from hell. Right. I was say, we did a whole show on that uh, this winter. Yeah. Like, uh, wow. Yeah, no, a friend of mine sent me a link. He's like, oh, you got to watch this. I'm like, it was like 5.30. It's like, I'm trying to eat quick. I'm trying to get the shit done. I don't have time. I'll watch it later. Yeah. It's, Did uh, not know that's what it was. I'm yeah, sure that's what it, it is. It was a, somebody a in their infinite wisdom wanted to bat some really karma out there and release that demon that's sitting underneath it. <laughs> well, we cracked the Japan stone and nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, yet. so we got to so the other thing. This one. Let's, okay, the demon stone didn't work, so let's do this. Yeah, let's do let's, pop let's up see here. what this one does. Well, no, we're going to go, since that. we're I'm on a roll here, Nam. We're going to talk about Yellowstone now. Oh, okay. You hear about that? Wild. No. Yellowstone National Parks issue a new alert on unpredictable threat. Yellowstone, particularly en- endless natural beauty and grandeur, has made it one of the most beloved sti- sites in the national park system. With more than 2.2 million sprawling acres, it's home to more than half the world's active geysers, 290 waterfalls, and over 1,000 miles of hike- hiking trails. That makes it possible to take it all in, according to park officials. But just as any outdoor experience, there are certain risks and hazards that can come with a visit. And now officials from Yellowstone National Park have issued a new alert after a handful of recent events have landed some guests in the hospital. No. Can you guess what the unpredictable threat is? God. Don't pet the fucking fluffy cows, for fuck's sakes. <sighs> How dumb are people? Oh, my God. You think Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't even t- try to pet domestic cows, and I grew up on a farm. Yeah. No, Why would you want paints up? <laughs> Folks, disclaimer, don't pet the fluffy cows. Uh they will take your ass out. Oh, yeah. No, and they're quick. <laughs> randomly, too. They're just like, oh, hey, no. Ah, uh, Jesus. <laughs> That's pretty bad when a <sighs> national park has to put out an alert. Don't go near the bison. Then the video they're showing shows oh, this yeah. family of four just getting out of the car, getting from 20 feet within the bison, pulling out their phones, taking pictures. I'm like, by the time you're looking at your picture and you see that buffalo coming at you, oh, it's too late. <laughs> Well, I think some of the problem is there's a lot of people who don't understand. Who the fuck doesn't? Okay, are, I'm well, sorry. Wild animals. I'm sorry. They don't understand that. Who, who the fuck doesn't understand that? There have been people that have put complaints into national parks that the animals need to be penned up at night because they kept messing with our campsite. They, they think it's like a big interactive zoo. Who? Well, it's like how stupid I got, are I got, you people? I got. I, I got I nothing. Mean, Jesus. 
No, I'm like, I want to know who these people are so they, they can go. They should have start their own island. Uh, these right, are probably right. the same people that go to the grocery store. Yeah, I don't, I don't eat, I don't eat meat unless it's in the store. It doesn't yeah. come from cows. I'm well, like, I don't what? know why you got to go hunt. Just get your meat from the store where the animals aren't harmed, like I do. <laughs> yeah, and, and that is well. Honestly, there was uh, recently I saw like a, a fun facts thing, like something like forty some percent of American adults actually believe chocolate milk comes from the brown cows. I always thought that was a joke. No, that is legitimate. So at this point... Where the hell does cherry milk come from? You just ruined my childhood. Everybody knows. That comes from red pandas. We import it. That's oh, jeez. Okay, that's why. But okay, no, why uh, at, at this point, I, I think it's probably more cost-effective for those of the people out here that aren't complete morons to go on to an island. Because there's a lot more, I think, that I still can't get over the people that pet the fluffy cow. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I think they, they look at it and think that it's like this regulated petting zoo type thing. It's like, these are this is a wild fucking forest, you morons. Yeah, no. Like, I wanted all you Karens of the world, I know none of them listen to our podcast because right. they would have shut us off or try to ban us. <laughs> yeah, first five minutes, they would we should say, hey, we should start a thing, get rid of all, and no, I'm not going to say it, I'm not going to say right, it. Right, right, right. <laughs> But please, don't pet the fluffy cows. That's all I got. I mean, you think you would have learned when a couple of years ago... I hope all video... our listeners I hope all our listeners are smart enough not to pet the fluffy cow. Right. If I'm pretty sure they are. animals, don't go up to them. That's like going up and trying to... Oh, I'm going to pet this black and white striped cat. Yeah. What a wonderful you, kitty this You need is. a bath. You stink. Yeah. <laughs> Smelly cat. No, you'd think, like, after a couple of years ago when that video of that lady just getting fucking tossed by that buffalo... People would have been like, "Oh man, that's oh, I shouldn't go up to that." Well, the bad no, thing, the bad thing about it too is now everybody's like, "Oh, that guy got her protecting his family." Um, the guy who got gored basically got oh, hit in the yeah. arm with one of the arms. And like, well, I'm sorry to say, folks, he shouldn't ever let his family get out of the car. No, you're because serious. I'll tell you a story. We were driving through Custer National Park yeah. in our truck. My wife was driving. I was taking my head out, taking pictures, so I, like, she doesn't like the scenery right. stuff that I do. And we just happened to have a buffalo like right next to the road. Oh. They don't move anything. I pop my head out and take a picture, and he instantly tried to kick me. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, what's he? My wife's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I just took a picture. Right. And, and they're, they're one of those animals that, <clears throat> excuse me, that I, I don't think you're around enough to read the little signs. So when they do freak out. There is no little signs. You're like any animal. No, I'm sure it is. There is. Like cats have, my cat has a little sign. I can always tell when she's about to get freaked out and attack. If you're not around her all the time, you don't notice it. There are little tiny tells. And, and I'm sure buffaloes do too. But we, we're not around them enough to notice that, hey, it's getting pissed off real quick. And they don't take much to get pissed off. No. There, there's always pictures They're of them. They're always just hot, covered in there. thick fur. And, geez, I'd be pissed off oh, too. Yeah. Garden, like, well, there's always pictures of them just like stoically hanging out in a field. No, man, they are lightning fast. And they are the and, and they're the only hooved animals that actually turn on their front feet. They can yeah. turn on a dime. Yeah, they can do a ninety degree turn like nothing. Yeah, unlike cows who are just like womp, big womp, big womp. They'll look at you for a while and be like, "I'm gonna do this circle to get back over to you." <laughs> no, man, man, fucking American bison, the American buffalo. It's <laughs> it's like a mixture they're, between a cow and a deer. They're vicious. <laughs> oh, they are big, mean, angry things. Oh, yeah. Uh, good God. Yeah, no, anybody's going up to that. And just the sheer size of them. I don't think you realize how big they are until you're actually massive. around them. They're big. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're way towering over a cow. I mean, oh, yeah. that's just how it is. Yeah, just don't mess with uh, wild animals when you're in, in, in a uh, state park. 
That's not a petting zoo, man. And it's they nothing are... like what you see like in Dances with Wolves. Right, no. They're... No, this doesn't work that way. This is wild animals in their There's habitat. a movie I seen one time where the, this guy, he would just go up to Buffalo and just start petting them. I'm like, you know that's yeah. not real, right? That's probably a fully tranked out buffalo, barely standing because it's right. doped up. <laughs> or even like some of the big bulls. They're trained to be used to people around. Yeah. And so, and even then, they will freak out. For unknown reasons, but I got a oh, I got a story about a big Hereford bull. Anybody knows what a Hereford is? It's like the red. It's a red cow with the white yeah. face. I was helping. I was a neighbor. Probably about sixteen. I helped a neighbor. We were working cattle, which you do every winter. Yeah. And they're like, we're cutting head. We're giving them shots. Doing what we got to do. And we're in this shed that's probably about as big as this basement. There's like five or six head of the cows. Maybe probably about close to ten. And these neighbors, bless their hearts, they treated all their cows like freaking pets. Well, I mean, they had names for every one. They had like 300 head. And they would, like, if it wasn't going in a shoot, they'd be like, come on, number 322. Come on, come on. I'm like, it's a cow. Push it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's but either neat. way, get, we were in this shed. And I just said, leaning up against cows. You can lean up against It was cold. They didn't yeah. care. And they're like, yeah, there's a bullet here somewhere. I'm like, what? There's, you got a bullet here? I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, Why? I'm like, look at. But then the, I'm just leaning up against what I think is a cow. Oh, shit. And it's a freaking bull. And he has oh, horns out to oh, here. Yeah. And he's like, looks at me like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, I'm dead here. I feel a little wetness between my legs. And I'm like, they're like, he's fine. He's very docile. I'm like, the thing weighs like 2,000 pounds. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> yeah, I don't care how docile you think he is. Man. But yeah, this bull was massive. Uh, yeah, but, they're yeah. scary fucking animals. They really are. I grew up around him, so I just... I've seen Holsteins are probably the worst ones. I've seen them actually throw my uncle up in the air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I thought Holsteins would be, well, whatever. They're yeah, not. No, you, you, you it's like with any in, animal, it can turn on you in a heartbeat. Yeah, but you, you get them in the as, wrong mood. Yep. But, like, folks, please don't pet the fluffy cows. That should be the name of the episode. Don't right. pet the fluffy cows. <laughs> oh, man, just the level of stupidity of a lot of people. But, okay, let's get. Let's see if we can actually get on the topic tonight. Oh, man. But I got one more thing. Handling fluffy cows. <laughs> part one. Part one. Don't do it. <laughs> Stay in your car and away from because it'll fuck your car up too. Uh, oh yeah. But did you know the movie Blob was actually based on actual events? Sort of, kind of. Yes. What we did? I did find out just Damn a it. couple of years ago. Actually, I, I, I thought I could surprise you with something. No, I, I, I haven't surprised you in a while with an article. Basically, the movie The Blob, the, the from nineteen fifty eight film with Steve McQueen. Basically, it's actually. It happened on September 26, 1950. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania police officer Joe Keenan and John Collins claimed to have seen something falling from the sky. Searching the area, they found a curious ooze dangling from a telephone pole that seemed to move. When Collins reached out to touch it, apparently he was not well versed in the role of horror movies. It left behind a sticky residue and then simply evaporated. No exclamation was ever present as to origin of this substance or whatever the officers had misinterpreted had misinterpreted the situation. But this wasn't the only time it happened. It also happened in Scotland in 2009. Scientists tried to say, oh, it's just like vomit from animals. Then they go and they do a DNA test. No DNA. Really? At all. No DNA. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm scared about the blob now. Oh, yeah. No, man. The original Blob, when I was a little kid, I was like, oh, man, that's really cool. Which one, the 80s version or the 58? No, no, the, the original 58. Oh, where it's got the really bad jello scene. Where they come yeah, yeah. Well, I was like five when I saw it the first time. I'm like, holy fuck, this is crazy. What a 
awful idea for for a creature when you can't do anything yeah. to this. It gets everywhere. Now, now the '88 Bob. I love that film, man. I, I do. don't think I've ever seen it actually. Oh, I love it. It was so good. It got shit on more than it deserved to, but it was it was a really fun movie. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. I came across an article about that. I was like, oh, is this another clickbait bullshit thing? It's like, oh no, no, this yeah, it was inspired by this ooze these guys had found, and they wrote the movie around it and extrapolated like, what if it didn't evaporate? But yeah, no, uh, no DNA on that. That is, uh, but it kind of throws out their whole uh, animal vomit all over the place <laughs> theory yeah. out. Yuck. Who do I know? I, I actually am, am more intrigued to and, and likely to touch it than if it was animal vomit. I don't really want to touch animal vomit. It, it's that's really just not good. People are gonna start puking listening to this. Good. <laughs> Let's good, get up to good. So tonight's episode, we're gonna talk about UFOs and the Man in Black. I can't sing, so I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> You can't rap either. Yeah, I got nothing, man. I am, I am no blue. So we're going to start off, I'm going to start off with like some UFO sightings from the area. And I kind of did an homage to Marty. Oh. I tried to find a whole bunch for Brookings. Oh, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> We're going to start off with, this This is from the National UFO Record, N-U-C-O-R. I got all these from there. And I got one here that I really want to talk about. Basically, this happened on 727, 2011 at 10, uh, 10.30 p.m. White lights getting larger than smaller fading away. I was driving north at a speed of 75 miles an hour on the Interstate 29 to my job in Brookings, South Dakota. It was dark and a very clear night with stars highly visible. It was about two miles south of Elkton, Sinai, South Dakota exit. and came upon a slower car, which I decided to pass. Before passing, I happened to look up through my windshield and noticed a bright white light to the north that's about the size of a quarter. My first thought was that it was a plane with its landing lights on headed for the Sioux Falls Regional Airport about 40 miles to the south. I did not see any, any did not see any of the usual strobe lights on and thought those yeah. I did not see any of the usual strobe lights on this light and thought that was a little bit strange, but assumed it was coming straight south and maybe I couldn't see them from my position. I passed this car in a little way ahead. Another car going much slower than the one I had just passed. I looked again before passing to see if the light was still there. It was, but it had grown to the size of a half dollar. Oh, wow. And still I could no see, see no strobe lights such as aircraft have. I was pretty interested in the light now, but was next to the car I was passing and sped up so I could have a good look at the light. In a matter of seconds that it took for a full pass the car and get back in the driving lanes, when I looked up again, the white light had gone from the size of a half dollar to the size of a dime. I turned my attention to the road as I had road construction coming up again. Looked up again to my amazing light had shrunk to the size of a star, and then it was completely gone. The whole thing couldn't have taken more than 45 seconds. I was fascinated that it had gone from the size of a quarter to a half dollar, then the size of a dime, a star, and then gone, just like that. There was no noise, no contrail, no strobe, etc. I am familiar with aircraft. I have grown up near an airport, and I am a trained storm spotter and well aware of the atmospheric conditions. Wow. I, I kind of question if uh, maybe the cars that were slow in front of them were I'm pretty were sure they watching, saw it, too. You know, that's why they were going slower. Like, what is that? I don't know, Mildred. Slow down. I did find one report We're gonna, at this town. We're going to go have to visit because it's not that far from here. Oh, really? Yeah. This one takes place in 1968, but at about 3 o'clock, they said, that it takes place near Zell, South Dakota. Oh, 
which is not that far from here. No, Plus, we could no. do an episode on Zell itself because they have the old Indian uh, orphanage there. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went through that town. It's creepy. Town gives off a yeah, creepy vibe. not much there. This the object made... The object did make a sound. Small, disc-shaped object. Remember, this happened in 1968. Small, disc-shaped object weaving in between high voltage lines, 20 or 30 feet over my head, broad daylight, dull gray in color, emitted a sonar-type sound. Oh. This event took place over 30 years ago. My summer vacation was spent working on a farm at 3 p.m. on Saturday afternoon while waiting for on a township road to be picked up by my mom and dad. I was 15 years old at the time. For a ride home from the weekend, I heard a very strange sound, somewhat akin to the sonar on a submarine. I looked around the area and, to my amazement, observed a gray disc about the size of a hood of a car basket weaving between the high-voltage lines that were located on the road. On seeing the object, I became frightened and wasn't sure what to do. I then put my head down on the mailbox and closed my eyes. I heard a sharp, distinctive sound, different from the first. I raised my head and looked up to its original position and it scanned the area of the farm and saw it again. It was directly over the apex of the farmhouse roof. On looking at it again, it appeared to be spinning on an axis of some type, wobbling slightly as it turned. As I observed it, it took off in only what I can describe as an arc at high rate of speed, unlike anything I've ever saw. Then after it was gone in my sight, there was a loud snap as if a gigantic rubber band had been stretched until it broke. Oh, wow. That, that's cool as hell. See, it was like that report we got from our two of our listeners, when the nurses. Yep. That, that's, so you listen before, it's like basically looked like a star field was moving, a chunk of stars was moving. Yeah. That was a very cool report that they gave us. Yeah. Uh, weren't you supposed to be sending us a picture or something? They did. Too? I showed oh, you the picture. that's right. That's right. That's right. They did. Yeah. They did. Don't make it. They did send a picture. Right. They, yeah, they, 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 followed, they followed through with it. Yeah, they did. They did. Now, this one is going to be really interesting, and it's going to delve into the weird shit that like, we were going to talk about with the minute back. This is the story I'm going to use. This happened at Gavin's Point, also in 1968. Hmm. Gavin Point, South Dakota, is like down by Yankton. Yep. It's in the southern part of the state. Shape unknown. Duration, 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Blue sky, black, okay, blue sky back. Black, beam of light, South Dakota Camp Rangers on Hornsblow. What you have seen was a rare phenomenon of the weather. That's how the stars off. I was camping with my mother at Gavin's Point near Yankton, South Dakota. We were in the fir- we were in the first camping area above the dam on the South Dakota side. I was young. I was young. It was at the time that women didn't work and mothers and children were camping. I looked at the road across the dam to see my dad. I was looking for him to come to camp for work. And the sky, which had been full daylight, turned black. The sky was completely black. There was no daylight. From the sky came down a beam of light, not like a flashlight, but slowly down the river. The beam of light then went scanning the up of the up the river, and then it came. The beam came back towards where it started, still focused on the river. The beam went back up as it had come down, and the sky became blue. Everyone at the camp. Ground was yelling, UFO, UFO, and then it happened again. The entire sky became black, and the beam came down to the river. It scanned up and down, and then the beam went back up, and the sky became blue. Everyone yelling, UFO, UFO, and then the park ranger drove around the, with a blow horn saying, what you have just seen it was a rare phenomenon in the weather, over and over. And that night or afternoon when my dad came home from work, we, my mother, and I didn't tell him what happened. We had forgotten. I think everyone forgot. About a year later, I was at Omaha, Nebraska, and I saw the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. 
And while watching the show, I remembered. After the show, I asked my mom if she remembered, and she said she did, but I think she was humoring me. When in college, I went to a lecture on UFOs, and they talked about the beam of light. It was the first time I heard anyone talk about it. They invited anyone that had seen a UFO to talk to them after the lecture. I wanted to, but I was afraid. Later in college, I was taking a course in meteorology, and they talked of a rare phenomenon in the weather, and I wanted to ask them about what I had seen. I was still confused by the rangers then. I was afraid to ask, and also I knew sort of it wasn't a weather phenomenon that I wouldn't have been asking about. Sometime later, I was at a UFO convention in Lincoln, Nebraska. Stanton Friedman was there, and I told him my story about what I saw and about my memory. And he said there was a lot of government in South Dakota, which still I don't understand, which is really weird context there. Besides having my memory stepped on, I believe I was given a fear program. I think it was caused to me not which caused me not to talk about what I saw if I did remember. The first time I told my story at a UFO bookstore to a group, I was really unusually scared to say it. After I told my story for the first time, there's no fear in telling it again. I would love to hear from anyone that was camping that same day and saw it. Yes, we were like... Oh, wow. And our friend Colt said he had the same thing happen to him recently when he was driving truck. Really? Or, he, I don't know if he was driving truck, but he said the same thing right. happened to that. Oh, man, I had never heard of anything like that. I mean, I've no. seen beams and, and heard of beam stories, but nothing where it's like... But you gotta think, too, the rangers are yelling bullhorns. What you're seeing is a normal weather phenomenon. Uh, no, unless it's like an eclipse, and you get two really fast in ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, that they would pull that out immediately... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like they're immediately right there after the second one. Being like, no, no, this is just weather. Nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah. Which, I mean, I, I do understand. You get into parts of Nebraska, there are old missile sightings. Yeah. And this is... What? 68. 68. Tired of the Cold War, pretty much. Yeah, man. It, oh, no, no, no. 68 wasn't. That was still Vietnam. was still going on. Yeah, but we were still... Yeah, when Cold War had kicked up by the fifties, yeah, it hadn't hit its you know the zenith yet, but it was still pretty high. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, we have so, Air Force Base here in South Dakota. We have missile silos yeah. in South Dakota. There is a lot of government stuff out here. Just because we don't, aren't known as a government hotbed, doesn't mean we don't have a lot of. Basically, for lack of a term, undercover yeah. government people working around. So, I'm going to put a call out to all our South Dakota listeners. Talk to your grandparents yeah. and your parents and ask them about if they've seen any weird stuff in the sky and say, hey, you got to get these stories down from your family and that. Okay. Say, hey, yes. Hey, Grandpa, you remember that time you told me about the twinkly light in the middle of winter? Let me hear about it. Ask yeah. your, That's where these stories all come from. Because that's I've never heard a story like that until no. I happened to run across that. No, and then and that man would have to probably be well, a little bit older than me. I'm push, and he's probably pushing about sixty. But yeah, yeah, yeah we need yeah. we need them stories to come out to the light of day because that's how we get all the puzzle pieces together to solve right, this problem. Right. Yeah, no, it's something like that. If they would not have written that down, that whole incident would be forgotten, gone. Yeah, like it's holy shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is fucking crazy. I have not heard that ever. Yeah, the National UFO, re- NUCOR is where I got yeah. these reports from. I just looked up South Dakota ones. And 
That's, yeah, that's there's a whole bunch from something. That's got to be recently put up because I've never come across that anywhere before. You it was I mean? reported on 2009s when it was reported. Hmm. Man, no. yeah, no, I have not ever seen that. Since we're talking about weird stuff, we're going to talk about the weirdest thing in the UFOlogy world: the cotton pick and men in black. Them uh, guys are some weird motherfuckers. There's so much variations in, in <laughs> you know, descriptions of them. I try to pick uh, out some of the more obscene, more unique ones. Right, right. Because everybody's heard, like, Nick Rickford, I actually have his book, The Real yeah. Men in Black. That's an awesome book. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I pulled a couple little things from that. But mostly it's like, you're just trying to get area stuff. And it's just, like, really weird because, what do you got? I'll let you start. I've been talking for a while. You need to start talking. <laughs> Pull your weight in the show. Babbling, man. Start talking. Uh, no, uh, one one of the the first written accounts of Men in Black stuff is actually with Dr. Herbert Hopkins. Uh, and this was nineteen forty six. Forty six. Yep. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he was doing a a study of a case in Maine on these UFOs, uh, and and he was digging into a bunch of stuff. And he was called by another UFO activist, if you will, uh, and said, hey, I want to talk to you about, you know, what, what you're finding. I might have some stuff. And he's like, yeah, we can do this. And in no time at all, this dude showed up at his place. Mm-hmm. Uh, just dressed all in black. Uh, he was odd-looking, very pale, no hair, no eyebrows, uh, no hair. And... Uh, uh, the guy's dog, uh, her, Hopkins' uh, dog, just would like erratically just start growling and barking at this dude, and then stop, and growl and bark and stop. And he was like, no, okay, this is that's not a common. My dog does that all the time. Okay, this is a little yeah, Captain Bork bark upstairs. It, it was out of his dog's character yeah. usually uh, to be doing this, but uh, the, the guy questioned him for quite a while on on what he'd found in this case. Um. And and after he questioned him and everything like that, uh, th- this strange man in black uh, started talking with him in a different vein of, of questioning and said, "Hey, there's two coins in your pockets." Oh, this story. And, and this Hopkins, he's like, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, pull one of them up." So, Doctor Hopkins does. He's holding it there, and the coin itself starts becoming very silvery. And looks like it's starting to go out of focus, and then just disappears. And and he's like, "Ooh, what is going on here?" And, and this man in black said, "That coin will never be seen <coughs> on this plane of existence again. It's gone." And and you know, Hopkins at this point is like, "What is going? On? Am I just being bamboozled by a magician? What is going on here?" But the guy uh, uh, proceeds to go on. He's like. Uh, You've heard of uh, uh, Barney Hill? And he's like, well, yeah, it's, this was a little while after Barney Hill had died. Yep. And he's like, well, yeah, he died not that long ago. And the guy said, yeah, Barney Hill had no heart, just like you now have no coin. And the dude just went cold. He was like, oh, what? <laughs> and, and basically the guy said, uh, you need to get rid of your evidence and drop this... Uh, course of study and do not look into UFOs anymore or who knows what might happen <laughs> and, See, and Hopkins pretty much went alright 
I'm out. I'm, out. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. This is it. I'm See, but a lot of people left. Like with Barney Hill, he actually did not die of a heart attack. He no, died he had, of aneurysm. He, yeah, he, he had a hemorrhage in Cebr- his brain. Cerebral hemorrhage. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, I got but, one here. No, you're done? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I got one here. There's always room for MIB. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. After a UFO encounter in which her friend had apparently been temporarily possessed by an alien presence, a Mrs. Butler of Owatonna, Minnesota, was visited at her home by an alleged MIB agent. The the man claimed to be Major Richard French of the United States Air Force, and then he was asked her a few questions about UFOs. That's all the article was, dude. It was a terrible article. Huh. That was kind of misleading. It was. That was very misleading. Either I forgot a page, but that's what I'm going to go with. (laughs) Then we'll go, let's we'll switch over to uh, Robert Richardson's MIB encounter. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. In 1967, R- Robert Richardson of Toledo, Ohio, struck an unknown object with a scar. Goddamn people driving in the air again. <laughs> it's like that guy in Marshall County in North Dakota. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> the object immediately vanished but left a, one, small lump, one small piece of evidence, an anomalous lump of metal. When Richardson, Richardson sent the medal to the APRO Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization, he soon found himself in the center of unwanted attention, though not the kind Holly Berry's driving earns her. Oh, this article's terribly written. <laughs> Two MIB agents driving a black Cadillac turned up on his doorstep. The men did not show their identification, and Richardson did not ask to see any. Their smart black suits were enough to imply that they were authority figures. It was not until the two men left that Richardson began to think that the meeting was suspicious. He had told nobody about his experience other than his wife and researcher at the APRO. Furthermore, the Cadillac, which is a 1953 model, had appeared in, appeared to be in mint condition as if brand new and marked with unregistered plates. One week later, two more men in black suits came to the door. This time they asked him to hand over the metal artifact, but when Richardson told them that he had sent it to be analyzed, they said, excuse me, he said, they said he better get back and threaten to harm his wife if he convinced the government and his Convince the government that it's trying to cover up some dark secret, if they are. This would seem like an effective way to do it. Their failure to follow up on their threats is almost universal, and they rarely exercise the powers of basically talking about how the MIB would We We actually know the U.S. government had their command. This has caused some to claim the MIB are, in fact, anti-government organization, and that they use reverse psychology to encourage people to publicize their UFO counters, and further accused the U.S. government of orchestrating cover-ups. Another theory, however, is that claims that the alien forces behind the MIB, even the MIB agents, may be aliens in human form. This would certainly explain a thing or two. The MIB's poor understanding of human interaction, for example. Yeah, there, there's a lot of different stories of them just being awkward. I got some terrible uh, yeah, even in their their use of, of English when they're talking is not like my talking quite tonight. Right. Yeah, <laughs> my talk make my talk make. <laughs> but yeah, it's then uh, you have like the Jello. We're just I'm just gonna free ball. Yeah, you're just gonna roll but, around. Yeah, because you get the Jello ex, um, incident where that family that's all the UFO they come in and they offer him Jello and he just stares at it and it jiggles and he's just laughing at it like a crazed lunatic. Yeah, like, like yeah, a complete madman is like. Uh, what do you do? It's fucking jello, man. How do you not know what this is? It's not that amusing. You can watch it jiggle. And it is if you're wrestling it, it's amusing. Oh, yeah, that's true. Jello wrestling's fun. It's not bad. It's a little messy, but... Well, I'm never... It. I just figured out I'm not going to England. Oh. Yeah, because they don't have men in black there. They have the men in gray. 
Come on, England. Let's come up with something here. <laughs> You're better than this. Come on, generally. This, generally, you, you need to put something out there and say, hey, right. we need no more men in gray. <laughs> we, we need to step it up. Put them in plaid and tartan or nothing, man. Yeah, there Fuck you go. That. Normally, the sneaky men who appear after UFO sightings are all dre- dressed all in black. But in one tale from Essex, England, they chose gray suits. William Shearer claimed to have seen a UFO, and a few days later, two men showed up at his house. One of the men stayed by the car and maintained an intimidating presence while the other grilled Shearer about his experience on their first visit. However, the man seemed more concerned with gaining permission to enter Shearer's home than answering Shearer's was giving than the answer Shearer was giving him. The men spoke in a strange voice that seemed flat and expressionless and had extremely pale skin. This along with the oddly intimidating behavior was enough to scare Shearer, and he chose not to let them into the house. Unfortunately for him, his experience was not yet at an end. The man honestly proclaimed that they would visit him again, and not long after, they turned up at his work. No, oh, Jesus. They made it clear that they wanted all ta- they wanted to talk about UFOs and once again asked permission to enter. When Shearer turned them down, the men vanished and never returned, although Shearer believes that since then his phone has been tapped. Yeah, it's, it's, MI6 another, is not somebody to be fucked with. Yeah, no, that, that's another uh, uh, common thing uh, where, where people end up having issues with their... Electronics. Electronics, their phones. Be- before you have, uh, you know, cell phones, it's the earlier rotary phones and that. Yeah, there would be weird mess-ups, and it's, they would come look. It's like, well, it looks like somebody's messed with this. You know, and that was pretty common in the stories. Uh, now it's it's even easier, I like to believe, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. with with everything being uh, as digital as it is. Oh, yeah. It's easier to tap into that than to actually physically have to get access to Oh, God, we've got split wires listening to George, uh, Rob, and Marty talk on the phone. Right, yeah, they're talking this, man. I can't even get Marty to answer his phone. I have to text you, so. Yeah, I a lot of times. Well, yours I will usually answer if I see it right away. Sometimes I don't see it right away. Oh, I see. I call you one time and you're like, I'm at work, honey. And I'm like, oh, jeez. Get a yeah, job. <laughs> but yeah, no, no. Usually, if I see a name pop up with it, I'm like, oh, I'll answer it. If it's something weird, I'm just like. Although I have been getting phone calls from Nebraska, and I don't really know anybody in Nebraska. I get so. a lot from like um, someplace in South Dakota. I don't know anybody. They're really weird. Just wild. But yeah, so what no, do you it got over there? A, a, a common theme is is messing with phones and. and some form of, of so, spying on this. So how would we get the men in black to pay attention to us? I feel deprived. I, I do, too. we got to go more public with seeing something. I don't know. I don't know. We don't. I don't ever see anything. It, yeah. I mean, hell, I've even put stories on here for anyone to listen to and, and nothing. I know. We need to get men, men in black involved. It, it's got to happen at some point. We've got to be <laughs> like, hey, guess what? We don't want you to talk about that. It'd be like somebody like remember the X Files with the Men in Black had Jesse the Body Ventura show. I'm like, that is yes, sir. I'm done, sir. That is one of the greatest episodes of the X Files of all time. Had Jesse the Body Ventura play MIB. And do you remember who the other one was? No, Alex Trebek. Oh yeah. Was the other one? Yeah, no, it's a cool. It was something Chang's is from Outer Space is the name of the episode. It's fantastic, but yeah, it's like a, a alien encounter from multiple different viewpoints and like the one super nerdy guy's viewpoint of uh, Scully and Mulder he thinks they're men in black <laughs> and he's like you know she, she was like a redhead 
but like two bread, if you know what I mean. It's just a hilarious episode. It's just fantastic. Is that the one that ends with that same nerdy guy up by the high power lines? Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah it's it's a crazy. It's arcy in the background. It's like I'm brave, like in Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> dude. Yeah, being a Dungeon Dragon nerd, I'm like, yeah, you go, man. But not you. You're a nerd, <laughs> a stupid nerd. Somebody hand me that, will you? Speaking of nerd things, on the sidetrack, okay. friend of mine. We're on the sidetrack train, folks. <laughs> A friend of mine sent me a picture from a local grocery store where they have a bunch of like uh, plants and stuff out. Yeah, they have planters that are in the shape of D and D dice, like cool. plant planters. I was like, wait, what? But yeah, there's like an eight sider, a ten sider. I was like, I don't really give a shit about plants because I will kill them because that's just what happens. <laughs> but I kind of want those planters now, man. Oh yeah. But being from that store, they're probably ridiculously high. Yeah. But. Uh, no, I, I actually came across uh, one that is actually tied in with a pretty famous uh, photo. All right. Uh, the Solway Firth. Yep. Spaceman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anybody who doesn't know what that is, it, watch, watch some UFO specials. But no, it's... Jeez, Marty, quit being a I'm kind of a dick. No, it was this uh, man who had uh, taken these photos with his daughter. And in, I think, two of the photo frames, behind her in the photo is a man in what looks like a some type of spacesuit. And they swear up and down that they saw no one there in person. And it would have just been in within split seconds of, of flipping these that this guy appeared in just two frames, I think, of photos, if I remember correctly. Okay, yeah. Uh, but he was actually visited at some point later by two men in black who only identified themselves as uh, 9 and 10 government agents 9 and 10 yep. um, they wanted to know where this took place so he took them out there and then tried to explain to them I didn't see anything while we were here there was nothing here they just showed up in the photo we thought nothing of it till later when it got processed well apparently these guys got angry and walk away they, they take off never sees them again Forgot the worst part. They drove him out there and they left him out in the yeah, field. Yeah, they left him out. Yeah, they got in their vehicle and just left him sitting out in this field, miles from anywhere. But apparently, he was later contacted by uh, two workers from Australia, who actually work in missile testing, and they said, "Yeah, we actually have pictures on our security cams of of some guys that look just like what you caught on those." on those pictures. And the crazy thing is, the missiles that were being tested down there were actually made about 20 miles away from where this Solway Firth picture was taken. Yep. Within 20 miles of where he was is where they were being produced. And these same type of guys are showed up on security cameras down in Australia half a world away. Yeah, the, the guys, the picture he's talking about is a little girl, and, and behind yep. it looks like a guy in a white spacesuit with yep. a mirrored visor. Yep. And it looks like a spaceman. Like I said, they claim there was no one there with them. It was just them. Yep. They didn't see anybody. I, like I, I said, it's a pretty famous picture. And I believe it because you can't get the girl to be like five years old. You can't put that behind her. She would not deal with it. No. It, it, eventually, it would have come out. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, everything I've seen on it, I believe the photo. Well, even Kodak actually tested oh, yeah. the photos and said, it's and said, yeah, there's nothing been tampered with this. This is our film. These are not doctored photos. This is a real photo. So whatever was there was there. 
which huh. leads you either they're lying. really good at faking it. Yeah, I mean, it's there. They have to be lying, or this was legitimate. Those are your only two options on that photo. Well, since since we're in England, I'm going to jump over to what's what do what's better than one MIB sighting? Uh-oh. MIB and the Loch Ness monster. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> yeah that that's the best. <laughs> they're high fiving the Sasquatch on the back of the Loch Ness yeah. monster. But, we fooled them, guys. Yeah, we're, this one is called The Mystery of the Loch. Loch Ness has always been a place of mystery and intrigue. Many pol- people believe that the depths of the lake contain a primordial creature from the early days of Earth and some have dedicated their lives to proving its existence. One man named Frederick Holliday was well known for his passionate about study of cryptozoology and has spent years looking for the evidence of the creature in the lake. Perhaps paranormal phenomena are more connected than you might have thought. Because while out investigating the lake of Loch Ness Monster, Holiday had an experience that he would never forget. Holiday looked up a hill, looked up on a hill near the lake and spotted a strange man dressed in a black suit. While it wasn't remarkable for people to sightsee along the lake, Holiday was struck by the fact that the man seemed to be looking directly at him. He was profoundly disturbed and reported feeling malevolence from the being that was staring him down. Before he could do anything, there was a bizarre noise and the man was gone, as mysteriously as he had appeared. Just one year later, Holiday was back at the lock for further studies when he had a heart attack. As he had been carried by now, he passed over the exact spot, place where the strange man had been standing. Oh. Very much that. Wow. You never heard that? No, I don't know if I have heard that. Really? Actually, yeah. I gotcha, yes. Yeah, no, I don't know if I actually heard that. So let's get down to the brass tacks of this episode. I, I did find another weird one. I oh, you did? Okay, fine. Don't leave the brass tacks. Just hold on to the brass tacks. I like brass uh, tacks. They're, they're, they're kind of shiny. Yeah, it is. They're pretty. Uh, no, there's a story that actually came out of Washington, D.C. Uh, there there was actually a an anonymous mailman. I don't trust anything coming out of Washington, D.C. Uh, yeah, no doubt. No, no. But uh, there was an anonymous mailman. He's never... Put his name on I about read that article. I just threw it in the back. It's <laughs> interesting. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I know. Uh, he he was uh, on his route, and he had uh, come up to his government building. It's watching to see there's a shit ton of government buildings. But he is, had stopped, was kind of taking his break outside this place, was eating an apple. Didn't have a trash can to throw around. He's like, it's an apple core. It probably doesn't matter. Threw it on the ground, where he was immediately confronted with security. He was like, dude, you can't do that. This is a government building. We have security cameras everywhere around here. You need to pick that up. We saw you throw it on the ground. You need to get rid of this. And the guy was like, eh, I, I suppose it's... He has to get buzzed in to actually drop mail off there. So he's yeah. like, okay, I, I get it. Kind of creepy, but whatever. Continues on his route. Gets in the afternoon. Has other packages that have to go back to this building. Starts pulling up and he sees these three men going into this building. Super thin, tall, uh, all wearing dark suits, very pale, but he said what what drew his attention was they didn't really walk, like, foot to toe, they waddled. Which Penguins. Yeah, which is actually reported quite a bit. Penguins are evil anyway. We've already had this discussion. At the very beginning of when we started (laughs) penguins are evil. But yeah, and the guy was kind of creeped out and he kind of sat there for a little bit. He's like, what the fuck? This is just really unnerving. And the guy's going to the building and he waits a little bit. He's like, I gotta deliver this shit. I'm just gonna go in, deliver it, get the fuck out of here. Goes in, gets buzzed in, drops the packages off, and is immediately stopped by like three guards who start questioning it. What, what did you see? 
what did you see when you were on your way in here? And he's just kind of like stunned at this point. He's like, I, I doesn't know what to say. And they just keep grilling him. And eventually one of these guys he had seen come in basically waddles up and sidles up real close, like kind of behind his shoulder on him. Personal and space. He's, yeah, he's just like, Personal uh, space and they keep questioning him, what, what, what did you see when you came in here? And finally the dude is just like, I saw nothing. I saw absolutely nothing. I'm just dropping these packages off. I swear I've seen nothing. <laughs> and they finally go, okay, well, you can just take off. And the guy freaked out, got the fuck out of there. Within a week, his mail route had been changed, and he was no longer anywhere near where that building is. I was like, oh, oh, well, that is intriguing. Very intriguing. But, yeah, no, they eventually just kind of went, all right, you, you saw nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you can go if you kept seeing nothing, basically. And, yeah, they just went, not kick him off the route. He's done. Well, like, oh, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I wonder if the other guy saw the two of our routes saw anything. Uh, It'd probably be like that scene in the movie, it might be. It's like, yeah, it's my first day on the job, the security guard. Uh, no, this is like his 30 years he's been working Oh, yeah, here. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just mind-wiped every time. Hmm. <laughs> Speaking of movies, like, most of these MIB people, MIB accounts are usually coming from, like, let's say it, people are, are very high statute in their society, basically, like, Ma and Pa on the farm, right. see a UFO, they have MIB showing up. What about Hollywood people? There's only been one reported by a Hollywood person, and the world's almost second, he's a good actor, he's a really good actor, right. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And his MIB experience. Yeah. Basically... Dan Aykroyd was starting a show called... He actually had a show called Paranormal... Yeah. Show, Paranormal something. Yeah. But he went in and he was trying to get it renewed for a second season. And one of the first ones he's going to talk about is the MIB. Yep. Well, he goes outside, answers a call from Britney Spears because she was doing a skit on Saturday Night Live and it's asking him to come on. He comes out and he sees this black car, two guys dressed like in your typical men in black attire. Yep. He doesn't pay attention to it. He just he notices them because they just kind of stick out because everybody else moving around there standing by this black car staring at him as he's on the phone. He goes back inside and the exec- executive producer of the show says, "Yeah, you're canceled. No more." And that was yeah. it. Yeah, the the show's canceled. Quit because he was part way through filming. Yeah, and they went, "Nope, we're Get done. Rid of what you've done. Uh, we're not running." See, but the, the show. cool thing about Dan Aykroyd too, he is actually raising that. He's not. Oh, because he played in Ghost or anything. Oh, he's just doing... No, his family history is that. Oh, he yeah. has spiritualism in his family. His yep. mom was supposedly at sight. His grandmother did too. Yep. And he was raised on that type of weird well, that shit. Well, that was part of what drew him to saying yes to Harold Ramis when yeah. they brought up Ghostbusters. He was like, hell yeah. I want to one. It's my friend, Harold Ramis. Yep. Two, hell yeah. And that is part of the reason... He, he did the Crystal Skull vodka because that's all tied into that kind of thing. It's not just a, a gimmick of, hey, I was in Ghostbusters. I'm trying to milk some more money out of Paranormal. No, no man. His, his whole growing up was around and this the, type And the of funny stuff. thing is, too, he did a semi-fictional program called OSIR. Yes. All them stories on there, that it's portrayed. He has like a, he does like a... Uh, Ripley's Believe or Not type thing, yep. but it's like two or three different stories. These are stories that could have... Yeah, but actually, every story he has on there is fictionalized true events that actually did yes. happen. So if you can find any of them old OSI, OSIR programs with Dan Aykroyd on them, there's some trippy stories in there. Really they had the one where they had like the gnomes in the trees, little elf yep. things. That bothered me the most. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would like to go back and... 
I want to say I actually saw that streaming somewhere, but I have to figure out which one of the many streaming sites I yeah. have, have it on. Because, yeah, I remember watching that because it would come on at, like, midnight on the weekend. Yep. They would run it just at, like, awesome. 12, 1 o'clock. But it kind of like, got more, like, once this? as a... It went on for, like, three or four seasons, yeah. but after, like, the second season, it got more, like, TVI stylized. Yeah, basically, zone, more, like, episodes. Yeah, you had, like, more dealing with the characters, yeah, continuing yeah. the character before it was just, like, individual stories. Yes, yeah. which yeah. is really the... the sparkling high point of the show is those yep. first couple seasons where it's like oh this is what could have happened kind of things but it was shit that did happen and that's kind of how he, he swung those in yep. there was yeah they were taken off of real accounts just changed just yeah they, they changed a few little things around to make it fictional enough but yeah the, the basic of it is that it's these were stories that happened it's yep. a fantastic show. Well, now, like everybody's like, oh, how come no one has pictures? There's some pictures of the MIB out there. Yes. But there's actually a videotape by Stephen Savoy or Savor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And basically this guy saw a UFO while he was working at this hotel and told everybody that. And like a couple days later, there's videotape of these two. I've watched the video plenty of times. Yeah. And these guys come in and they don't move their arms. They just walk with their feet. Like, most people swing their arms when they're walking. These guys don't. They walk yeah, in. Yeah, they're going through the lobby. Or yeah, something. going yep. through the lobby. Yep. And they come in, look for him, and everybody kind of vouch for him. He's not here. He's not here. <laughs> then they walk back out, and they're never seen again. Yep. Yeah, that's... Yeah, because there's actually a couple couple photographs. Because there was a, a couple that was was afraid they were being watched. But, yeah, no, they, they were worried that they had been... Because they'd been getting calls and been threatened. And they had told a friend of theirs, like, hey, there's this guy who's been standing down here watching this black car. And he actually got a photograph of the dude in kind of a doorway watching up at their apartment. It's older photo, so it's grainy and not great. But, yeah, yeah. it's clearly a tall dude in an all-black suit just, like, lurking in this doorway staring. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a little unnerving. Even if it's not a man in black. Yeah. I don't want a big dude just like staring at my my place. You want a you want a big dude staring at you. You know all you do. I want a big dude in my place. Oh God! I'm gonna be the center of attention, oh, man. So <laughs> bear well, on bear assault. Can we get down to brass tax now? Yeah. Okay. Let's get those tax. Let's get them taxed now. <laughs> brass tax. Who or what are the MIB? What are your thoughts? I have several. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Um, I I do think they are actually attached to the government. Um, and I don't think all of them are entirely human. I think some of them are, but there are some that I really don't think are all the way human, at least as we know them as human. I, I don't think you're going to be walking into a building and see the worms, you know, from from, yeah. from the film or anything like that. But I, I think they're they are attached to the government. And I don't I don't see any doubt in that. To me, I know there are some. Older reports of people thinking of them as actually demonic supernaturals, because there's been some where they report sulfur smells from yep. where they've been and stuff. But it's like that doesn't necessarily mean a supernatural demonic presence. Someone just got really bad gas, like Marty. Yeah, like, Marty's got bad be, gas, folks. Just I do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could be. Like I said, I, I think they could be something else, and maybe that is a natural side effect to something that these things give off, whatever they might be. Because uh, it's not always reported. No, you know it's right? not. There might just be it's like a one-off thing, too, that's all for smelling that. Yeah, it's a couple different cases. and it, Some people have latched on to it as kind of a, a, a black-eyed children kind of, yep. or a demon kind of thing. I, don't, I just don't see enough there to support that. 
if they were tracking down everybody who, you know, claimed a possession and things like that, it'd be like, okay, maybe there's something more to that. This is all UFO and, and contact-based, really. Um, but yeah, no, I honestly do think they are some black ops uh, arm of our government. Okay. And I would say, even say, like, with the Essex one, I would imagine any major country that has done any UFO investigating, like most of them at this point have, have some form of this same kind of group yeah. that is doing stuff. Yeah. Either they are actually a part of MI6, say over in uh, the UK, uh, Japan, I imagine, probably has their own. Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, hired, we hired the Yakuza, and uh, yeah, that's enough to keep me away, man. But, yep. But yeah, no, I think they are a branch for them. Okay, You're, that's a, that's a good opinion. I mean, to me, like going going through the, uh, they're an anti-government using reverse psychology to do. It just seems a little convoluted to me. You know what I mean? It's the same problem you run into when when you start digging into say UFO stuff, and you start going down that rabbit hole of, well, is this false information? Or is it true information that's being put out as false information that's not true? And it just becomes just a fucking headache and yep. just too convoluted to be, to me, honestly believed uh, when you try to do that. I, I don't think it's an anti-government thing, at which point I, I don't believe they would be doing reverse psychology of don't say anything or we'll kill you. That'll make them go talk. No, <laughs> that's asinine. Yeah. Well, have I heard my theory? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't sound so excited. Let's I went, okay, I went back and forth between a lot of it because I've read a lot on right. MIB because first time I, well, MIB, I can't, you ever seen the movie, uh, TV program Fringe? Oh, yeah. The MIB in there, basically, they're called the observers, not yeah. MIBs. They're from the future. Yeah. Then you have, like, you look at the stories where you have, like, the guy with the wiring coming out of his leg and they yep. see it and you have... Like, you got robots and part cybernetic. Then you have ones where they seem like they only could talk for so many words, then they, like, shut down and slow down. Yeah. Their batteries got to recharge. Yeah, I think I think my opinion on what they are is they're time-traveling evolved dinosaurs. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, now let's, okay. let's roll with it. All right. Because you got to think about it. They're not aliens because... I believe in aliens. Yeah. Everybody knows I believe in aliens, but I don't believe they've been to this planet right, right. yet. But I believe evolved dinosaurs at one point, since they had so much more time to rule, yeah. went to a different timeline, and that's what we're seeing in Men in Black because they'll have, they get this, like you said, they have sometimes they put out the sulfur smell, and they are distracted by simple things like Jello, and they have like alpatia, basically no hair. Yeah, yeah. So they could be clones of humans made by these evolved dinosaurs that they're using, hey, look at that ship, that's our ship. And the government knows about them, but can't do anything about them in the first place. Mm, uh, uh, yeah. So yeah. basically that's what I believe. They're like time-traveling evolved dinosaurs from our past coming to our future to try and come back home. Right. Because a lot of reports make they sound like wheezy and they're having a hard time to breathe. Yes. And it's like this oxygen is probably a lot thinner than what they're right. used to. That's my theory. It's pretty short, sweet to the point. Yeah, no, I can, I can see. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, Marty, you just, you just, you just making me happy with platitudes. No, no, no. But I will tell everybody if you're. I watched this thing last night. It's called Vice. Did a thing. It's called The Real Men in Black Declassified. Has nothing to do with MIB. Not damn thing. 
It's all about a tip. Oh. But there was one cool part. The last five minutes of this whole no, documentary no. was really cool because everybody's like knows about a tip. They had like the gimbal footage and all that. Well, ATIP ran from 2004 up to uh, 2017 or whatever. Yeah. 2018 when all this footage came out. And they had a hundred... They, they studied 144 cases. You know how many they couldn't explain? 143. Oh, Jesus. They only have one they could explain. And I'm like, that big venture. I'm like, all right, I want to hear about the other 44 cases. Then the thing was over. Right. When's your special about this coming out? Yeah, yeah because it was like, I, was, I kind of shocked. I'm like, oh, the 144, they probably dismissed them all. No, they only could dismiss one out of 144 cases they studied. Wow. So that tells you there's something in the air, folks. Holy shit, man. Yeah. I mean, even, even when you go back to, like, Blue Book, it was incredible. Simply the amount that they couldn't yep. classify as natural thing. And it really wasn't that much of it. There, there was a lot of it they wrote off. Now, a lot of their write-offs, I think, were bullshit. Yeah. But, uh, dude, that's a 99% fucking rate, really. We don't know what I it mean, is. It's, so. That's so if you wild, have, if, Yeah, it's like, if you're part of the MIB and you're listening, please come visit me. I'm really bored right now. I like my <laughs> job. Just I need some excitement. Just come visit. Knock on Marty's door. Then he'll tell me, and then we'll all freak out. Like, at a reasonable time, man. Just don't be... No, 3 a.m. is a reasonable time for Marty. <laughs> I, won't even, I won't even pay attention to that. <laughs> so have you got anything else for these wonderful listeners of ours? <laughs> no, man, I, I don't. Just uh, h- hoping the the uh, Hedron Collider maybe is pulling us back onto our... We'll just go watch a good episode time. of Smears. And it's Smears. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go buy some new Transmorphers this week, but, you know, it's just not yeah. happening. I know. Nothing good. Uh, All right, folks. Have a good night. And always remember, fuck normal and night. Shut